following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Boys and girls, children of all ages. Who think I did Generation X? Welcome back to uh, Fantasy Beasts, where to find them. I am your co-host Kyle Rainey, joined as always by your host Gary Halt. Gary, how are you today? Doing good. We got a lot to talk about today. A lot of awesome news, some surprising news, and some different news for mm-hmm. sure. Um, I mean. 15 different topics of news, and it's the most we've had since around draft time. Yeah. And the or, and the AFC West coverage today. We'll start with the news bright and early here, uh, announced end of last week. Throughout the weekend, Michael Thomas scheduled to miss the start of the season with ankle surgery finally. Michael Thomas from the Saints. Don't get it correct, or don't get it uh, confused. There's another Michael Thomas. Uh, officially listing and noting that instead of going through surgery in the early part of the offseason, he waited until June to get ankle surgery with a four-month recovery time. Perfect for fantasy owners. Yeah, don't uh, don't envy that as a as a Michael Thomas owner in uh, in dynasty leagues. Uh, a bit of bigger news: the Bengals. Uh, everybody had said last year, "Hey, you guys got to get a better line." Well, they tried to bolster it. They made a couple signings: Riley Reif, a couple different. Uh, Interior lineman in the draft, and they're also hosting former Kansas City center Austin Ryder. Uh, don't know if I'm going to say it's end all be all, but it's an upgraded center and another body to throw on that line. If we're being fair, that's kind of how the Bills built their line a couple years ago. They just plucked off guys who were sitting on the free agency. And went see if you got chemistry with these guys. Yeah, I mean, there's some fringe guys. You gotta you gotta have some depth. He's been a starter in the past, so mm-hmm. Austin Ryder might be a nice piece to help protect mm-hmm. Joe. Uh, Joe Burrow. I'm just calling him Joey Bro- Bosa. Yeah. They're both Jobies. It's fine. Uh, has not officially happened yet, but the Cowboys are expected to sign former Colts first-round pick, safety Malik Hooker. Uh, Gary, you and I were both super high on him the draft year he came out. Injuries have kind of cut his career down a little, but if I, I guess if there's any team to sign with to try to rebuild your stock at that position, Dallas has needed a safety for the better part of the decade. So Yeah, their secondary has been kind of poor. Their defense hasn't been the best. Um, if he can put it together and stay healthy, it's a very, very good signing. And he's a talented, talented guy. Speaking of uh, talent and, and trying to put your career back together, the Chicago Bears have traded former second-round pick wide receiver Anthony Miller to the Houston Texans, uh, swapping late-round picks in the deal. Houston needs wide receiver help um, after losing Will Fuller. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, potentially Randall Cobb. We'll get mm-hmm. to that in a little bit. Uh, all in the last couple of years, yeah, they got Nico Collins out of Min- or out of Michigan, but they could definitely use receivers. Anthony Miller looking for a fresh start after losing that job mm-hmm. to uh, Darnell Mooney. It could easily slide into a number two receiving spot. Yes, and it's something uh, I actually have the cool benefit here. One of my dynasty leagues, the same one I have Michael Thomas in, 
I'm an Anthony Miller and a Darnell Mooney owner. So talk mm-hmm. about a trade that's going to actually give you both benefits of, yeah. the, of the trade. I get Darnell Mooney sliding up into a number two role, most likely in Chicago. And I get Anthony Miller getting a chance to regain a number two role in Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Saints signing cornerback Brian Poole. Normally wouldn't be big news, but Poole's proven in the past to be a serviceable player, and the Saints needed a number two corner all of last year. Might not be the best number two corner, but it's an upgrade from what they had. No, especially um, being in a division where it's... Uh... <laughs> Tom Brady and Matt Ryan yep. and, I mean, Sam Darnold, to be, uh, to be, to, to be, decided. To be decided still, but... Uh, definitely a nice piece there for your fantasy owners, for the Saints, and all the ugliness that comes with them this year. Uh, Deshaun Watson has reported to Houston Texans training camp with the intent of still being traded. Houston is now listening to trades. Um, real touchy subject, and I don't want to really delve too far into this currently on the air. We try to stay neutral on stuff that's law-dealing. Um, but a lot more information is coming out about this case. The NFL has yet to make a ruling. They've got their own investigation, and they haven't put him on the commissioner's exempt list due to any of this. Um, so Watson looking to, con- to continue his career. We'll be able to talk on that more as we understand more, but there's still not a whole bunch of clarity to any of this information besides Watson looking to play this year. Mm-hmm. Um, fantasy-wise, you gotta you got to kind of think that, that does keep him as a top 10 guy wherever he's going to play right and if as long as he gets to play this season it's uh the one thing i did hear that should almost put all points and signs to deshaun watson not playing in houston is the plan for this week when training camp starts is for deshaun to take number two reps and tyrod to take number one quarterback reps with the intent of having a known starter on the roster so that's that's huge. Yeah, that's pretty big. You, you got to think if Tyrod's taking those reps, they're they're planning on moving Deshaun. And they do have uh, Davis Mills. Davis Mills so. out of Stanford, yeah. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings signed former Jaguars wide receiver Dee Westbrook. Uh, for the most people, people go, why? Why is this important? Dee Westbrook had a lot of good seasons with a failing Jaguars club when he was healthy. Missed all of last year due to injury. Um, or most of last year, shall I say. And it goes into free agency kind of untouched. Minnesota, I mean, they lost Diggs two years ago. Yes, they got Justin Jefferson, but Adam Thielen's consistently getting injured, and they didn't have much behind him besides B.C. Johnson. D.D. Westbrook could be a nice, nice late-round pickup as someone who might produce with the Vikings here. Yeah, it could be a little sneaky flex play. Uh, I like it. I like D.D. Westbrook. Bears signing tight end Jesse James. Uh, Jesse James had a lot of potential when he left Pittsburgh and went to Detroit, only to be outshined by then-rookie TJ Hawkinson. Um, I would like to think Jesse James might be able to produce here. However, they still have like 10 tight ends on the roster, so we'll see, but it's somewhat noteworthy. The Colts head coach, Frank Reich, tests COVID positive heading into training camp. Yes, for all you people out there, he was indeed vaccinated. Um... I'm gonna. I think we're gonna cover this one last. Mm-hmm. Uh, Houston Texans are hosting former starting tackle Dennis Kelly, looking to help somewhat bolster the offensive line there in Houston. That's been abysmal for a couple years. Uh, opposite the offensive line, the Washington Football Team signs star defensive tackle Jonathan Allen, building that front seven more. That Washington defense is gonna be something this year. Yeah, they got a, a tough front. Uh, rookie wide receiver Tutu Atwell of the. 
L.A. Rams has been added to the COVID list. He's tested positive this week. Uh, the Saints signing uh, PLL, Pro Lacrosse League, starting attackman Chris Hogan, who will now put his lacrosse uh, career on hold again, re-signing back with the NFL. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, I mean, he should see an option to get starting reps with Michael Thomas missing four to six weeks of the regular season. So Chris Hogan back in the league one more time after already considering retirement and what he thought was hanging up his cleats. Uh, but now, the, the real news of today, I think we've got probably two minutes we can cover this with, uh, Devontae Adam decides he will continue to renew contract talks with the Green Bay Packers on the helm of Aaron Rodgers announcing a concession between the team and himself. The Green Bay Packers, instead of trading Aaron Rodgers, who's explicitly discussed his dis- dislike and disdain of being on the team, have allowed Aaron Rodgers to now take avoidable option in 2022 and 2023 in which he can decide with a player option if he wants to come back to the team or not. And he's calling the shots wanting Randall Cobb to be traded back to Green Bay. So Green Bay now looking to go make a trade with Houston, clears out Anthony Miller a little bit, um, to get Randall Cobb back. I, I don't I don't understand this. Uh, so Rodgers is playing a long game and he's winning. Yeah, um, but like I just I don't understand how as a general manager, I want to be Karen here for a second. Let me speak to the general manager. I don't understand how Green Bay even comes close to thinking, you know, this is probably a good idea. Rodgers told you all offseason he did not want to be there. He said, trade me, get me out of here. Instead of trading him and getting, and getting assets back, you are now going to free his contract up to let him walk in a year, literally after this year. I don't, I don't care what you're going to tell me. Well, he has the choice to come, but he's not going he's to. Not. He's he has stained by that all offseason. He does not want to be there. He's not happy in Green Bay. Yeah, of course he's going to tell Devontae, hey, let's play the pawn game. You're a free agent this year as well. Tell them that you'll start talking to them again as well if I come back and, and we do what we need to do and we can both leave together. Also, they need to avoid my options. He's not on the hook for anything. Has to return no money. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to actually hang a cap. Dead cap on Green Bay if he walks. And they're going to pro- basically lose Rodgers and Adams for nothing. And he might be playing this year, but we talked about it earlier. He's not going to try. Who's to say, oh, my shoulder's a little sore. I want to sit out for five or six games at a time. He doesn't have to give it his all. Unless Green Bay wrote something into this new concession contract that... To have voidable years, you have to play X percent X of, games. of games. X amount of snaps. I don't see how they could be doing this right. And to me, it's baffling that you've had a guy who for, I mean, what, February? Mm-hmm. For six months now has has abstained the despise and the dislike of being in Green Bay. And instead, Green Bay's like, you know what? Instead of trading him and getting picks back, I think <laughs> we can try to do this make it work. And... Maybe he's doing exactly what Tom Brady did. Maybe he's going to play bad this year, make it look like he's riding off into the sunset, and basically... And it's what you mentioned when I when I mentioned New England is a spot for Rodgers if need be. Um, their cap is going to be better in, Green, or in Tampa because they ate a ton of dead cap when Brady walked. In New England, you mean? Or New England did, yeah. New England ate a ton of dead cap when Brady walked. So, it's to be seen, but this is a bit suspect and not intelligent by uh, that front end there whatsoever. But, Gary, what do you say 
we get down to the AFC West. Starting first here, I always forget about who's in this division, the Denver Broncos. Um, this is an interesting one to start with because, quite honestly, the rest of the team I think I enjoy. Uh, they have Bridgewater listed over Drew Locke. But, interesting. but if you look at the numbers, it's literally 33 and 34. What I want to know, what team's backup quarterback listed ahead of them? Yeah. Because the... Listed on this list at 33-34 tells me that someone's backup is expected to get an outscore either of these two guys, which mm-hmm. is not a great sign. Um, one of these two guys will take a boost to their, their stock once we know who the starting quarterback is. Until we see in camp, though, who that is, neither of these guys are touchable to me. No, and I personally think Locke will, Locke will win the job still, but... Uh... Unless Bridgewater somehow comes out and is just lights out, I don't want anything to do with either of them right now. I mean, I'd be okay with Bridgewater doing whatever he wants because I've got him in my dynasty league as well, but I don't feel very confident. Yeah. Um, I own Locke. He's my fourth quarterback, I think. Oh, I mean, Bridgewater's our fifth as well, so like I get it. But, uh, yeah, quarterback situation in Denver could be better. Uh, running back situation, apparently they feel is the same. Melvin Gordon listed 29. Javonta Williams listed 30. I think this is all just hearsay right now with the fact that we don't really know who's going to take those starting reps. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually heard sports talk the other day. Somebody entertaining the possibility of Javonta Williams coming in and being the first and second down back. Mm -hmm. Melvin Gordon apparently had better usage as a receiver last year, and it would be using Gordon as your third down fresh legs. Um, That might be the best case scenario there. A lot, a lot of backfields, unless you have a guy like Derrick Henry or Christian McCaffrey, most backfields run with a one-two punch, and it works. And that's it. As long as they've got this correct. Javante Williams was not like a prolific pass catcher in college. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and I mean, maybe in a PPR league, Melvin Gordon would technically be the better running back there. If he's seeing third-down reps and, yeah, he, catch, he gets five or six short yardage carries a game and – seven to nine backfield targets. If he's converting five of those, Mm -hmm. five catches, 75 total yards, I think that's attainable on the ground, between ground and air. Five for 75 total yards and a touchdown every now and again, that's 12 to 17 points a week. That's a flex player worthy spot. Right. As long as you're getting double digits out of... Any player, you're fine. That's generally how I like to view it. And Javante Williams, I think I think Javante Williams is a guy who might see two to f- four receptions or two to three, four targets in the era game, but he's gonna see probably close to fifteen rushing yard or fifteen mm-hmm. rushing attempts. And yeah, I, I think both of these guys, both these guys have the ability to be near seventy to hundred yards a game. Mm-hmm. And I think that's it, that's Denver's best case scenario. And I think Denver is gonna benefit from a, a run heavy offense if. They're not really confident in their quarterback play. Which is goofy because they have such strong receiving options, really. Um, listed on the list, they've got Cortland Sutton 1, Jerry Judy 2, uh, Tim Patrick 3, KJ Hamler 4. That I'm intrigued by because I could see Hamler taking Patrick's spot. He's a better slot receiver. Mm-hmm. Tim Patrick's a guy who, quite honestly, I'm shocked that the Broncos did not trade this offseason. Mm-hmm. He had a huge year, and his stock's probably never going to be higher than it was this year. He's got all the pieces of receiver you want, but he's just never put it together in the past. 6'4", lightning fast, go up and get ability. 
The guy I like out of this, out of this receiving core the most so is Jerry Judy. I think he's going to have a rebound back from having quite a bit of drops with or quite a bit of issues with drops in his rookie year. Uh, Cortland Sutton had a, a lower leg injury that is going to be tough to come back from. Anything you want to say on those receivers? Yeah, uh, I th- I think you're correct. I, I like the upside on Judy a little bit better than Sutton right now. Um, Sutton, obviously a very talented player, but I think, um, like you said with the injury, but I think, I think Judy has the potential to just kind of take over games. I think he's got that. He's got that trait. Yes. It's, it's going to depend on the quarterback play, but um, Jerry Judy is my go-to if I'm drafting in that spot. And, and, and that is my thing. Like, I'm not saying Sutton's going to be bad. No. But I think I – think, I th- I'm going to go with actually a Denver Broncos anal- analogy here. I think Jerry Judy becomes Demarius Thomas – and Cortland Sutton's going to be more of Emmanuel Sanders. Mm-hmm. Emmanuel Sanders was a wide receiver, too, in fantasy for mm-hmm. years. But he never outproduced Marius Thomas. And I could see both these guys being productive fantasy players this year. Mm-hmm. But I think Jerry Judy, and, and the big thing is his route running, is going yeah. to win that job and really hold it down. Yeah. Um, tight ends, though. Noah Font. Uh, I mean, El- Albert Okbogwanum was a former first round or fourth-round pick. He's got the talent, but I don't know if he's going to really... You're going to see about a, a bunch of two tight end sets and all of that. Font maintains and still is a top eight tight end. Yeah, he's going to get his targets. He's, he's going to be consistent, too. Yeah. Noah Font, as a guy who owned him last year, uh, prior to his injury being a top five guy, he didn't win you top fives with, t- with touchdowns. Noah Font was the epitome the of... Yes, six for 60, five for 55, five for 70... And that's fine with me. 12 points out of a tight end is a great year yeah, for me. Yeah, right. Um, so Noah Font is... Noah Font's one of those funny things. You're drafting Noah Font with a high floor, not necessarily a high ceiling. Mm-hmm. We kind of know what we're going to have. He's going to be available, and he's going to be consistent. But he's not... He's not going to be a Darren Waller. Exactly. He's not really the guy... He might have one or two games in him where he's over 20 a year, every, right. every year. He, but he's not... But Darren Waller had the potential... Points. Yeah, Darren Waller had the potential at any point in time last year to, to 30 be points. 30 points. And that's not the upside you're getting with, with Noah Fon. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, end of the day, avoid the quarterbacks. <coughs> draft the receivers. The upside's kind of there. Uh, or draft the running backs. The upside's kind of there, but... I don't think I'd take him as a starting guy. I think that's my rotational or my flex pick. Uh, Jerry Judy over Cortland Sutton. Both will do fine, though. <sighs> Tim Patrick's worthwhile maybe if he wins a, the job. I was just saying, maybe more in a dynasty than I don't a, even know if I'd say dynasty because, to me, to, if Tim Patrick wins that job and now he's facing lesser coverage in the slot, he's still going to find himself open and be targeted. Yeah, there's there's just a lot of miles of the field. There are, and but I mean that's that's the goofy thing. We're we're gonna have to see how that di- that dynamic works. And Noah Font, uh, consistent. He is the offensive line draft pick of the NFL draft. It's mm-hmm. never the sexy pick, but it'll do you the job. Mm-hmm. That's him in fantasy aspect this year. Correct. It's not the prettiest. Everybody I think had a way higher hope for him than he was worth, but he's gonna get the job done. Um, on to the next team in the division, the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, he's terrible. Don't draft him. Yeah. Uh, obviously kidding. Patrick Mahomes should be the number one guy on your, on your draft boards at quarterback. 
as to if you want to draft that high, only you're going to make the decision. Um, Chad Henney, I don't think you need to even consider using his name unless there's a catastrophic injury. Hopefully there's not. Or Kansas City hasn't locked up that far in advance that Chad Henney's starting games in week 14 and 15 in a playoff mm-hmm. situation. Um, running backs, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he's the number one this year. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. They have him ranked at 16. I, I'd take him a little lower. I, I would think he's 20 to 24 for me just because they don't run the ball a lot. Right. I Like, I, I get that he's at 16. And I get that he's going to see more targets this year. But like I said, it's a fair assessment, but I, a little too rich for my blood. Yes. And I think there's still going to be people that were so high on him last year that want him that high. Mm-hmm. And I that's one of those guys that I will continue to say. And they do have Jarek McKinnon. And Daryl Williams. I think Jarek McKinnon might take that number two spot. It wouldn't shock me. Uh, as long as he comes back healthy from all the leg injuries he's been suffering. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a guy that I don't necessarily want to have to over-purchase on. And I think he's someone that still everyone's very high on and you're going to have to go through the roof mm-hmm. to be able to get a hold of him again. Um... Wide receivers, Tariq Hill, number one. A lot of people would fight us on that right now. There are still a lot of people that have Tariq Hill number two behind Devontae Adams, and I think I'm here to tell you Tariq Hill deserves to be number one. Yeah, I mean, and to me it's almost even like a 1A, 1B. I mean, it's a little closer now with Rodgers returning. Yeah. But... I still think Tariq Hill I'm, was just the dog. I'm more confident taking Tariq Hill because I know what I got out of Tariq Hill. I haven't, I've never drafted Devonta Adams, um, so I don't mind taking Tariq Hill. I think I scooped him at like 12 last year, so he was kind of a, a nice pick in, in the back half of the draft. But yeah. uh, I think, I think he's worthy of a top five pick. If you're not willing to go running back. Fair enough. Yeah, there's always it's always not bad to go receiver, and I think it's the same kind of as well. Um, that if he's sitting there around eight to ten, mm-hmm. I think you very much will start thinking going to Rekill because he's mm-hmm. going to produce like a running back and he's going to help your team immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where we get sloppy. It gets very. Make, right? I, I think we could honestly put together four names here, and it's the same player. It depends on who gets the number two job. Sammy Watkins is gone. Nicole Hardman has never proven that he wants the job. Right. He they, shows flashes and then just disappears in obscurity. They seem to like Pringle a lot, and he's kind of that same. He's not – he's not – I don't. I think he's a little better than McCole Hardman, but he's not – he's also not going to wow you. doesn't take control of the job. Yeah, he does, he's not going to wow you. Um, a name that I want to watch on here is Cornell Powell. I think there's a good chance that he could shoot up the draft – or shoot up the depth chart – and maybe take that number two, number three spot. Yeah, and I mean, as goofy as it is, you also end up with... Because, uh... I mean, to me, this is wide open. I don't think Hardman or Demarcus Robinson or Byron Pringle hold the job down right now. No. I think it's wide open. It's, it, it is. It's going to be absolutely a rotation. I mean, it's one of the goofy things, the back half of the year. And maybe it's just that Pringle wasn't making the best of his options. Um, Monday night game against Buffalo in the win. Two targets, two catches, 46 yards. One of his better games of the year. Uh, against the Raiders in the 40-32 to 32 loss. Uh, one for 123. 
against the Jets, three of four for twenty-two. Against the Raven or the the Raiders, three of four for seventeen. His best game, the last game of the season, when I'm sure they only started backups, four of six, fifty-two and a touchdown. Um, like he's got the size. He's still young enough. I mean, his 2019, he had better games than that. 2019, he had the game against Indy where he went 6 for 103 and a touch. He's shown he can start and win, but it's a matter of if he's going to hold on to the job. Yeah. So, I mean, this is just a train wreck of receivers for you to guess who's going to be the number two. So you kind of want to hold off on it. I'm, I'm going to say I'm not confident right now other than Tyreek Hill for the Kansas City receivers. Uh, tight ends, Travis Kelsey, number one overall. Uh, I'm here to tell you I don't want that. Uh, he's the wrong side of 30. He's going to start to regress a little. I'm not saying he's not going to be good. But I don't necessarily know that I need to overpay at 16 for him. He's starting to get into that uh, Zach Ertz kind of yes. situation. And I don't think it's going to be the immediate drop-off or it's have Travis Kelsey's a special player. Right. Um but again, eventually he's going to be caught up by age. He turns 32 midseason. I don't want him in a dynasty league, but I wouldn't mind taking him in a redraft. I see even the redraft league at the right at the right thing I will. But that's right. it. I'm not that's what I'm saying. He's not going to be my first round I'm pick. I'm sooner taking the upside knowing where the floor sits on TJ Hawkinson in the 6th round if he's there than I'm going to take the up, or take where the the floor sits for Travis Kelsey in the 2nd round. Mm-hmm. To me, the floor of Travis Kelsey isn't all that much higher mm-hmm. than tight ends three, four, five that I'm going to get two to three rounds later. So, like, here's my thing: if he's, it's unlikely, but like maybe in a in like a rare league, if he's sitting there like the third, I well, might, yeah. I might, oh no, I might um, pull the trigger on it. But I don't really like taking tight ends that high out of, the, out of my first two picks. Yeah, uh, so Kansas City-wise, though, Gary, where are we at? Um, Patrick Mahomes, take him at your own risk. Take him at He's your own gonna risk. He's going to be a number one quarterback, but it's a matter of if you want to spend, a quarterback, spend that high. That high. Uh, we both kind of agreed here. Clyde Edwards-Lair might be more of a back-half running back two for us. I was say, he's definitely an RB2, but... Um, it's a matter of how comfortable you are and if you're the guy who's going to outbid on him because he's still a hot name for being a rookie last year and people are going to pay high for him. I'm not going to be the guy who does it. Um, receivers, yes, you should buy in on the hype. Tariq Hill should be wide receiver number one. It's coming from two guys out of Buffalo. Everybody else in Buffalo is going to pound the table about it being Stephon Diggs. It should be Tariq Hill. Um the your second receiver from there, which is one of those things where I guess if you're really feeling like you want to take the shot, uh, you'll get that wide receiver two from Kansas City, most likely with your last pick in the draft. Yeah. So you could always take that flyer on whoever's actually going to own production there and say, screw it, let's do it. Uh, Travis Kelsey, going to produce still as a top five tight end. I don't want to overpay for him in the first. Yeah, I'm confident with taking a couple of other guys in the back in the yeah. middle rounds. It, well, I mean, that's the thing. The difference between what Travis Kelsey gets you at 16 and what TJ Hawkinson gets you at 50, yeah, that's okay, cool. It's the number five tight end versus number one potentially still. But what's the difference between the number one wide receiver 
and the number 36 wide receiver. Right. That's the way I look at it because realistically, you're going to be drafting a wide receiver into the 30s there now. Mm-hmm. That's going to be your number two or number three wide receiver. Correct. If you're if you're holding, um, so I, I mean, yeah, that's that's kind of where I am there. Next team on the list, the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, Chase Daniel, it's the quarterback we should be talking about, right? Correct. No, Chase Daniel, Easton Stick, both on the depth chart, both don't matter a whole bunch. Justin Herbert should reclaim and reprove why that he's the guy. He's your starting quarterback. He's the guy to follow here. Running backs, Austin Eckler, Josh Kelly, Justin Jackson, Larry Roundtree the third. Austin Eckler is a number one running back. I know you right. love hearing that, and you love when I tell you that because you've got him dynasties. I do. Um, I'm not saying Josh Kelly, Justin Jackson, or Larry Roundtree aren't worth anything. I'm honestly going to tell you whoever's winning that job in camp might be worth floating a draft pick on in your later rounds because L.A. has always shown they like to use a two-headed monster back. Yes, Eckler's going to put points up, but they will always spell him with a change of pace. Mm-hmm. He's not going to see every snap at running back. It will be a number two who does relieve him. It was with Melvin Gordon. It was last year before when before and when he came right. back from injury. And I'm intrigued by Roundtree. I'm, I'm curious to how and that's why it plays threw, out with him. That's why I threw him in there because like we saw what Josh Kelly and Justin Jackson offer. If Larry Roundtree comes out and has a good camp, he it, it wouldn't be impossible to unseat those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, wide receiver, Keenan Allen, ranked 13. Mike Williams, Tyron Johnson, Jalen Guyton, Josh Palmer. Okay. Keenan Allen deserves to be in the conversation of a high-end wide receiver, too. Yes. I like how it's put there. I I would risk taking him as a wide receiver one. I'd feel a lot. He's he's like Allen Robinson was last year, or when, I, when we talked about him a couple weeks ago. Uh, if I had to take him as my first receiver, I will. Yes. But I won't feel bad. About I would it. feel much better about him being my number two receiver. Correct. And you know that you've got a guy who can at any week slide it in as a wide receiver one, mm-hmm. and you don't have to worry about it. Um, Mike Williams. Man, this is a fall from grace. The kid's so talented and just can't put it together injury wise. I think this is the right spot for him at 44. It's realistically being just outside of being a flex player. He is going to become. This, this might be a. This might be a, a shot. He's going to be the next Will Fuller. The upside's there, and you're going to get two to three games a year where he's twenty to twenty-five points. Yeah. And then you're going to miss two to three games a year with injuries, and it happens every year. Um, I love Mike or Mike Williams. I really do, and I think he's got the upside. He and like he'll be the number two receiver. But the fact that you never know how healthy he's going to stay is what's going to honestly wishy-washy. That's it. It's going to be what makes Teron Johnson, Jalen Goyden, or Josh Palmer really worth something as a as a flex play. Jalen Goyden's going to have to put it together too. Goyden had a lot of drops. The guy on this list I like is Josh Palmer, third round pick out of Tennessee, big bodied guy. I could see Palmer coming in and taking that third receiver spot and not looking back. And they they'd have a pretty big receiving core. Yeah. Keenan Allen's not small. Mike Mike Williams is like six foot two, six three, I think. Um, and Josh Palmer's pretty big too. So I I could still see Josh Palmer walking out winning that job as the number three there, and it would give him value. They mm-hmm. threw a ton last year, uh, and this is an intriguing one here. Tight ends: Jared Cook. I don't necessarily know if I love him. Jared Cook is. 
I I don't want to touch that. Uh, well, so that's the thing. Jared Cook to me is he's on the free agent wire, and you have a banged up tight end or a bye week issue. He's worthy of that. He doesn't have the upside to be somebody you want to look right. to start every week. I don't want him on my roster unless I need him. I'll tell you this much though. Uh, I am very intrigued by Donald Parham. Um, I just had Parham for dinner tonight. Nice. I love Parham. Uh, it's a guy that I was a fan of last year starting Dynasty Leagues. He, I watched him in the XFL, mm. and he was the leading tight end in the league. Um, he's six foot seven, six foot eight. Sorry, he grew an inch. An absolute Goliath. Um, and last year, and this this is really what I think is a cool stat. He only caught fifty percent of his of his targets last year. Mm-hmm. He had ten catches for twenty yards for one hundred and sixty yards, but one fifty nine. And three of his ten receptions were touchdowns. They utilized him in the red zone a lot. And it was a lot at the back half of the year for the most part. Um, maybe not. Okay. Uh, when he got on the roster finally, first game of the season, one catch, one or one t- throw, one catch, 19 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, sees next to no action against New Orleans. One catch, one, th- one catch, on one target for 22 and a touchdown. Um, kind of goes away in the middle of the season and goes 3 of 4 for 37 and a touchdown against the Chiefs in the back half of the year. Uh, Parham has upside, and he's still young enough, um, especially being that he's only 23 years old. So that's a guy to keep tabs on and see how he does, but they didn't really put a bunch of competition against him. That's not Jared Cook is not Hunter Henry. Right. You're, you're not getting... Anything special, but you might get the mediocrity. Jared Cook at this point reminds me of Mercedes Lewis. He's there. He's been around the league forever. Um, and that's it. <laughs> so, uh, Justin Herbert. Certified top ten pick? Yeah, I'd be confident taking him as my... I don't, I don't want to get too high into it saying he's a top five pick. No. But I'd he's be, got if that... If he's my QB1, I won't be upset. He's got that ceiling. He has the potential of being a top five. Uh, but Justin Herbert, the that's another one of those guys where I'm gonna I'm gonna tell everybody the same thing. Heed carefully. I want Justin Herbert on my team, but how confident are you that you're gonna be bidding higher than ever? Because he's gonna be the next fantasy darling this year. Everyone saw what he did in the back half of the year. Mm-hmm. He's probably where he, whereas he should be probably between the five to nine quarterback taken. He might find his way into the six to three. Like people are gonna overdraft him. Yeah. Um r- running backs, Austin Eckler. I would bump him up from where he's at here. I think he is a back half running back one. I still really like Eckler's production and in potential. Yeah, I mean we saw what he did when he was healthy. He was a very very productive running back. Absolutely. Uh, Josh Kelly, Justin Jackson, Larry Roundtree, all potentially draftable pending on who gets the number two spot. Keenan Allen should be one of the top 15 receivers taken. I feel like he won't be. I feel like we see him slide every year, and someone's going to get a steal with that. Mike Williams, draftable, but with a warning. Uh, And whoever the third receiver there is, also somebody to keep a tab on. Jared Cook, probably don't need to draft him. Donald Parham, probably shouldn't draft him. Uh, But... Both potential waiver wire finds later on the season. And the last team on the list, the Las Vegas Raiders, Derek Carr, listed at 23 on here at quarterback. 
I'm going to go ahead and say he should be a high-end quarterback too. Give me him from 12 to 16. Yeah, I mean, I like I like that value. So the reason I give that value, and I think everybody kind of forgets about it, but every year, when, when I did the episode when you were out um, sick a little while ago, when mm-hmm. I did the quarterbacks episode, mm-hmm. when I've got a top 15 in front of me, more times than I can count, Derek Carr was showing up in that 16 to 10 range. He's always flirting with being a, a, a QB1. It doesn't mean he's the greatest quarterback. No. But he's getting you fantasy points. He's kind of like Matt Ryan in, in a way. We're like, they're always... I would have said Blake Bortles, but I, I like the Matt Ryan call. Like... When you I, forget about them. Yeah, right. Like, I'm not... Same with, like, Tannehill. I'm not going to, like, go out of my way to draft Derek Carr, but if you see him on the board, it's like, oh, okay, that's a, still a QB1-ish yeah, on the board. And that's it. People are, people are going to be more apt when they see Derek Carr. The people are going to look at Derek Carr and Baker Mayfield. I'll take mm-hmm. Baker. Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins. Give me Kirk Cousins. Derek Carr might outproduce both of those guys in fantasy this year. Exactly. Uh, so for me, Derek Carr's a nice sneaky pick. Derek Carr's the reason I stayed playoff eligible in our league last year mm-hmm. after trading Deshaun and losing Dak. Derek Carr kept me afloat as quarterback 10 last year. Uh, running backs, Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake. I feel like they should be 1A, 1B. Drake's admitted already that Jacobs should be the number one guy. Kenny Drake's still going to see PPR value, though, and be the change pace guy. Wide receivers. This looks like a dumpster fire, Gary. Henry Ruggs, John Brown, <laughs> Brian Edwards, Hunter Renfro, Willie Sneed, Zay Jones. Uh, I mean, any of those guys could probably be wide receiver one there. Henry Ruggs, we know, had the talent, but was the least productive rookie out of the first-round rookies right. taken last year. Mm-hmm. Was he? I believe he was taken before. He was the first yeah. rookie taken at receiver. Um, John Brown, I mean, us guys from Buffalo, we love him, but he needs to prove he can stay healthy. That's a big thing. Um, Brian Edwards has the upside, but will he take control? We've seen these receivers in the past. Yeah, no, they're re- Zay Jones was this receiver in the past. A kid out of South Carolina, he did great in college. Everybody loves his intangibles. Look where Zay Jones is now. Buried at sixth on the Raiders depth chart. Yeah. Uh, the, the true answer here is the number one wide receiver for the Raiders is tight end number three, Darren Waller. Darren Waller's the number one receiver. Bless you. Thank you. Uh, Darren Waller's number one receiver there at tight end. Uh, I, I mean, I think we can dive into this. Derek Carr used and should be drafted. Anybody who gets him as a number two Quarterback options going to be happy with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, running backs, Josh Jacobs. I, I he's here as a running back two. I think I'd be happy with him as a high end running back three. Like if I had him on my on my roster and I got him between forty to fifty, and he's my third running back, mm-hmm. I'm confident in that. That's a solid pick. Yeah. Uh, but I don't necessarily need him higher. He's the usage scares me with Kenyon Drake there. Kenyon Drake should be picked between one hundred and one fifteen. He's going to produce, but I, you don't got to sell high on him. We've yeah. seen the song and dance for with him. Josh Jacobs was a very good running back last year, but when he got hurt, there was not much behind him. So now that there's Kenny Drake and Josh Jacobs, I think it's going to be a sh- they're going to be sharing a lot of the carries. Absolutely. Uh, receivers, Henry Ruggs, John Brown, Brian Edwards, all three could be drafted, but I think the ultimate situation is we really kind of need to see – who 
who takes control of the number one job? That That's really the big thing. Uh, and then Darren Waller. This is a guy that if you're getting him at... If you're getting him anywhere from 25 to 35, I think it's a good a good value. Right. He has a legitimate shot of being tight end one. I would take him in the third if I had a shot. That's what I'm saying. That that area, late third, early fourth, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Smart pick. Uh, but guys, that'll do it for this episode. We are going to uh, come back and see you guys Friday. It's the longest episode we've had in a while. Thanks that for the NFL news being through the roof. Uh, but, Gary, you got anything you want to close with? Um, yeah, so we talked a lot about stuff today, and we're going to keep going. I think we're getting close to the uh, the very end of our, like, outlooks, so. Yep, uh, after this episode, we have three more to go. So there's that, and then right before you know it, the season's going to be here. Absolutely, guys. Hopefully that when we're talking, we're giving you guys some good information, and you guys are using it. Uh, if there's anything you want to hear us talk about, hit us up on our social medias, uh, Facebook, Twitter, We would be more than happy to take into consideration things you guys want to hear from us. Uh, But until next time, you keep on looking for those fantasy beasts. We'll show you exactly where to find them. Peace out, guys.